Welcome to the Riskful Thinking Podcast, where we explore watches and other topics. Hi, my name is Chaz, and I am the co-founder of Live Swiss Watches. Live is a brand that's sole purpose is to create unique timepieces for watch lovers all over the world. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Dominic Reigns. Dominic stars as Dr. Crockett Marcel, an ace emergency room surgeon on NBC's hit series, Chicago Med. And here is our conversation. Hey, Dominic, yeah. how are you? How's it going? So good to be here, man. Absolutely. I- I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I was, I, I was just saying it, you know, I find it so fascinating to, you know, how this whole thing came to be. Whereas like all of a sudden you enter into uh, a new, uh, to a new project and they go, you know, you, you have the props where, you know, with, you know, obviously the, you look a certain way and, you know, they have the, these different like a stethoscope for you and these pens and all these different things. And then your, your watch. And they gave me a watch and, and Chris Shader, he, he's a fantastic props master. You know, I wore that for a good chunk. And I just remember just looking down at it and going like, ah, you know, this isn't the watch, man. There's something about this watch that doesn't click. <laughs> and, you know, my, my cousin, he's a nurse down in uh, Tennessee and both him and his, uh, and his brother are nurses and they're fantastic nurses. Their father, my uncle is, you know, he's retired now, but he's a general surgeon. And I always noticed growing up that they're a little bit older than me. The, the brothers, but uh, they always had these great watches and the watches, they weren't fancy watches. Like, you know, like they weren't going to work with Rolexes, but they had these, you know, um, these really great was- watches, like whether it was, uh, you know, ca- like high-end Casios or like, um, what is that G-Shock or whatever yeah. it was, you know, they were really solid, solid watches that you could put through the ringer. And I just remember my cousin, Bobby, was like, oh man, sometimes in the middle of a shit, a shift, shit, <laughs> sometimes in a, in the middle of a shift, which is, which take, is basically a shift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Especially nowadays. But he goes, we exactly. take off my watch and we take off the bands and we play hockey with it in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the ED when it was That's like crazy. dead. I was like, <laughs> oh man, I appreciate that. But he goes, then you know, something would come in, I'd pick it up, put the straps back on and I'd go at it. And this thing would go through, you know, thick and thin with me. That's and great. I had a deep appreciation for that. And I just yeah. remember when I came across, I was like, you know, I told Chris, I was like, you know, g- give me, give me some time. Let me, I'm, I'm going to find a new watch. So I go and I, I, I put in, you know, I forget what I put in the, the Google thing, but uh, like, you know how they, whenever you put in, uh, like watch new watches or, you know, sports watches or whatever, you know, you get like a row of these watches that come up. Well, live watches is part of that. And one of the watches comes up and I immediately of all the watches that were there, boom, my eyes go straight to that. So I start like investigating and I, and I pull up y'all's website and I see all these amazing watches. And I was like, this is what he would wear. And yeah, then definitely, definitely from a rugged perspective. I mean, we're definitely right there. I oh, mean, I listen, sure. I, I wouldn't it, recommend it's elegant playing, too. It's elegant too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend playing hockey with our watches. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different thing altogether. But what it showed me, uh, was that, you know, a, a watch for these guys and what it is that they do being in, in, in this, in this line of work, you know, being the front line, it was an important part of, you know, their makeup, it was important part of, of what they wore day in and day out that, that kept things going, you know, you know, every, every second counts and, uh, having something that's very reliable to the point that can, 
you know, help you in and throughout the hospital. It was, uh, that's what I got out of it. You know, that, that was the fun part of picking it off and playing hockey with it. You know, obviously I wouldn't do that, but, uh, it, you know, I had a deep appreciation for, for the watches and, and, you know, that stems back to my dad as well, but it was really nice to come across your company. It was really nice to, to see this solid watch. And funny enough, we ended up, Chris ended up getting it. And he was like, the, the watches came in. I came over there. He was like, dude, this is a solid watch, man. You hold that thing in your hand and you just feel it. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in this make-believe play world, but to have that thing on the wrist and you're just like in the midst of all this, like, you know, when you, when you, when you put in the whole thing down and you know, you're, you're in the scene it just, it's, it's nice. It adds weight to it. So anyway, man, yeah. No, for sure. Beautiful I mean, work. We, Beautiful work. You know, thanks, man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the idea of live when we first started, we wanted to make something that someone wouldn't feel like they have to babysit it, you know, because right. it's just not real world, you know, and and obviously, uh, you know, having having a watch that's that's just, that looks good, that feels good, that has the weight. And, you know, just feels like you could just like throw it around and not have to worry about it too much. It's just this. It's it's great. You know, and that's that's how we build every single one of our watches. It's just built with that. Even even some of our more complicated watches. I mean, you if you look at them, I mean, they just they're just built. The construction that we use on our watches is I don't want to say overbuilt, but definitely like definitely built to the standards of, you know, somebody can just literally wear it every day, bang it around, yeah. slap it on your desk and not have to worry about it. Yeah. So, so what, what was, um, how did all this come about? What was the, the initial, where did the initial idea come from? What was it that you wanted to tackle, uh, with this, with, with these watches that, that you felt like was a little bit different from, you know, what was already out there? Cause I feel like it's such a unique watch. It really is. It's truly a unique watch. I mean, I, I, I've been in a lot of, you know, a lot of stores, a lot of department stores, a lot of, you know, a lot of watches over, over the years. And, and this is this is very unique. This stands out to me. I'll tell you, I mean, I'll get back to where it all started. But talking about that Rebel watch, I mean, when when we were having a discussion of powwow to discuss like the next design and concept, everybody was saying to me, don't do any square watches. They just don't sell. You know, and I just felt that, you know, we're 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 the motto of the brand is unique. And yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not it's not for everybody, but those that are gonna look at it and love it are not just gonna love it; they're gonna die for it. And that's and that's the reaction that I wanted to have. And so that's right, why we right. did that. But I've been a watch I've been a watch nut since I was a child. So um, I mean, you you have to be to have a company. <laughs> yeah, you really you really have to. Believe it's a, it's in a passion project. Watches, you know, it's not it's, like you know today I want to get into watches. You really got to have a passion for it. My dad had some watches, but nothing crazy, nothing really expensive. Um, mm -hmm. He had some some watches when he got married back. You know, my, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of six, so uh, my parents are quite old at this point. Even though they're, thank God, they're doing great with COVID yeah. and everything. But they had like my father had some, you know, manual wind, you know, 14 karat gold mechanical watches. Um, you know, one of them that he got when he got married. And another one that he used on a day-to-day -day basis. But, you know, going back to that generation, you know, watch was more like utility. You know, you needed a watch to tell time. And so it was, it, it, it was, it wasn't just, you know, having right. something nice where it is today, you know, like having something unique and having something different. It was more like, you know, I need to know what time it is so I can get the train. I need to know what time it is so I get my airplane, you know? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. I mean, and, and then my brother went to Switzerland and, and, uh, and brought me back one of those swatch watches. I don't know if you remember those. Uh, was of the original course. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. that long plastic case. 
And I remember yeah. like at night I would stick it back into the plastic case until the plastic case broke. <laughs> right, right, right. Every night I would like lay it in there. I'm like laying it in there. Oh, you know, man, and I then, get that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was, that was, that was quite unique. That was more young and fun. And that was like my, my, literally my first entry to watches. And then I actually got into, I mean, I don't want to say this because I mean, I'm, I'm mostly into like mechanical and analog watches now, yeah, but yeah. I, I, at some point I went through a phase of digital watches, digital, right. remember the, you remember the, uh, the Casio, the data bank watches with the calculator and the, all the data. Oh, had oh, oh my God. I had, a, I had, I was like infatuated with that watch. I wanted yeah. that watch. Anything. I, went, I think I went through two or three of them. Yeah, I mean, it was like crazy. I mean, you needed like the teeniest fingers to do anything with it. Like literally, so like you had to use like you had to use like a Q-tip or a, or a toothpick to figure to get anything done on it. But it was just fun, yeah, yeah. you know. I went through a phase where I went to those, but I, I ended up going back to, to analog watches after I you know I came down here to go to school to Miami, and I just randomly you know life is I feel like it's life is a bunch of little interactions that sort of cause bigger things to happen, you know, like you meet yeah. somebody or you run into something and it just something just, you end up going down a completely different road. And that's what happened with me. I, I, you know, I was, I was in school and a buddy of mine, uh, his uncle had built this watch brand. He's like, you got to come see my, go come to my uncle's house. I got to see his watch collection, see what he's got going on there. I'm like, oh, right, God, right. Please, please take me. So I went over there and one thing led to the other and they're like, what are you doing next year? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue school or, or what I'm doing. I'm just, I, I love watches. I'd love to see what we could do. And, and one thing led to the other. I said, can I come over to your office? I went over to their office, um, see what's going on there. Like just like a little puppy running around trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to get close to what's going on over there. Right, right. I just decided, you know, they said that, you know, you know, do you guys, do you want to come? I mean, we don't really have a job for you, but do you want to pack watches? I'm like, or do you want to go back to school? And I'm like, you know what? I think I want to come pack watches. Wow. And yeah. So I just, I went there, started packing watches. And then one thing led to the other. I, they put me into sales and then from sales, I went into production. And unfortunately they went out of business like five years later. And then I just went and then I, obviously I wasn't going anywhere at that point. I was going to stay within the watch industry. And so I was just buying and selling watches. I was trading basically all the high end watches. Wow. With the Rolexes and stuff. I was trading that. I did that for about, you know, five, six years. And then I opened up my first e-commerce website to sell watches online. And then, then I met Esty. And then right after that, I was like really, really bored as to what was going on. I just didn't feel like I was actually making, making a difference or doing anything. You know, I felt like I was just literally like a, like a go for, you know, I need this, go get me this, you know, I felt yeah, like yeah. there was a lot more. And interestingly enough, this company that I had worked for earlier, the Daniel Mink watch company, after they went out of business, they ended up getting divorced, but whatever. But the um, the wife got remarried and she opened up a brand new brand and she called me. She's like, hey, you know, I'm opening up this new brand. Do you want to come help me with this new brand? And I was like, S, did you want to, you know, maybe we can go over there and see what they're doing. And then we helped them launch this small brand. It was an online brand. And from there, you know, I started thinking, okay, I know how to make all these pieces work. I've done production. I've done this, you know, I've worked with designers, you know, we're going to build something. I've, I really felt, and Esty was really the one, you know, I was the one coming up with the crazy ideas and she was the one that was saying, okay, this, we can do this. We can't do. She's like the voice of reason. And right, right, right. Oh, that's and, a hell of a uh, team right there. 
Exactly. And then we just, we, you know, we, we just decided to just do it, just jump in all the way and just do what I do it. I stopped what I was doing on the side, you know, cause I was doing both at one point and then we just decided to jump in and we did everything literally different, like everything from the, the, the product design, we decided yeah. that we, instead of like hiring a designer, we were going to, we curated designers that wanted to come work with us. And then we, uh, sort of ran like a design challenge to help us with the design. We went on Kickstarter to prove our concept Amazing. And then just one thing led to another. And then uh, we built an amazing wow. team here. There were nights where literally I did not sleep. And sure. I mean, actually, there's still nights I don't sleep. But <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's your passion and you love it, um, there's nothing better than coming to work every day. It's not even work. I don't even want to say it's work. You come every day to the office and, and you hang out and, and you're looking at new concepts, new ideas, talking to people that buy our products. We have a great great team and we also have amazing fans that really love and and back the product and they back the brand you know yeah so, and i could definitely vouch for that man where did you come up with the name and the symbol where, where did those come the name was quite simple i just you know, we were sitting around the table we had a list in an excel sheet and we were just coming up with these random names i didn't want to name it after me i thought it was a little pretentious and so I, we were thinking like all these other names like to come up with. And I was like, thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to like fake it and say like, I'm like Giorgio, whatever, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not me. Yeah, yeah. So why, why would I do that? And when we were putting together the, 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 you know, the persona, the brand, we were like, we kept going back to like, you know, living life, living life. We kept saying that word, like, what is the person? What does he like to do? He likes to live life. He likes to, he likes, he's not a follower. He's not a nonconformist. He lives to the fullest. And we just kept saying the word live and we realized and if we, if we took a word cloud, the word live kept coming up. We're like, okay, we'll just call it live. It's simple. It's short. It's three letters and it works. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. And what about the symbol? That's very unique. At that point, I had a designer that was working for me. I'm like, let's, let's come up with a symbol that sort of, you know, looks, looks like an axis and looks like a right. watch, but heading north or south. Like which way are you going in life? Are you going up or are you going down? Oh no man, one... that's great. So, so that's, that's what it was. So it's sort of like the watch with a strap, but sort of pointing up north and south. And so life's a circle. That's, that's fantastic. You know, that, that's kind of like on a deeper level, kind of like direction, you know, that's, you know, you, you think about what it means to, you know, for me, when it came to owning watches, wearing watches, it always had to, there was some part of it that had to do with direction. Do you have direction in life? Do you have, are you, is your is your purpose? Are you going after your purpose? Is your pur purpose being met? Are you doing something every day to engage with that which is helping you excel, accelerate? I love how you know that whole the direction, the compass that you go in. Are you moving up? And then you know what the, the ebbs and flows of life too. You know exactly, down. exactly. You know, you know it's not it's no no one remembers like the uh, the flat line. I don't want to right. And your turn. No, but I get what you mean. With the flat line, but I'm saying is. <laughs> I think it's ingenuous to say that everybody's going up. <laughs> it allows you to have an appreciation for those moments that you're down. I mean, it, it, it's inevitable. Failures are inevitable. It's just a part of what we do. It's, you know, birth and death. You know, we run away from death, but death is inevitable. And there's some part of it when you embrace it, you allow yourself to let go of any idea of trying to run away from it, you know, or what your life should be. To be able to adapt, to move with whatever life's throwing at you. It's so imperative for emotional and spiritual growth that I feel like you kind of throw it out the window when you when you don't want to accept that you you're in a in a place that is incredibly challenging and difficult. And maybe you took ten steps back, 
So I love that your watch is representing like, hey, you're going to have those moments. Allow yourself to experience that. But yet there's still the compass. You still know where you're going. There's direction there. And just take it and, 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 and live and keep flowing with it. And I think that's profound, Chaz. That's really great. And I'm, Thanks, it, it makes me that much more excited to, to wear this every day. It's so, you know, you, we wonder why things jump out at us, you know, for that day, for, for all of a sudden your watch to just jump right out at me. And I call up Chris, you know, to say of all the watches that I've seen and name brand watches that you would know of, I don't care about any of those, this watch right here, it's saying it's doing something. It's saying something. I don't know what it is yet, but let's research it. Let's get in contact with them. I think this is something that uh, is unique and it's different. And I don't want to have anything like anybody else has got. I want it to be my thing, Doctor Marcel's thing. Let's let's do that. Let's bring that. Let's let's learn a little bit about this. So wonderful yeah. to connect with you on this. There's a new smarter consumer that's just not going to be swayed by by let's say you know high profile celebrity endorsements. Like I do yeah. feel like. Like the new consumer, they're they're very savvy. I, I think they're looking not just for for a typical name brand. They're they're looking for something a little bit different. They're looking for something unique in their life. And yeah. you know, the run of the mill stuff just doesn't work for everybody. But I think there's a whole marketplace of people that have a mind of their own, and they're willing to go out and, and look at other at other brands. And that's and that's where we are. We're not going to capture everybody, and we don't want to yeah. capture everybody. We don't cater for everybody. We're definitely a brand that's 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 for that person that's looking for something unique, like whatever it is you're into. You know, I'm into watches. I'm into to bikes. You know, even me, like I'm always looking for that small niche boutique brand that has a true passion that's not run by some big conglomerate that's just pushing numbers and uh, looking at uh, spreadsheets all day. I think that's a new consumer specifically. I mean, you know, we always talk about, you know, who is the new person that's wearing the watch and, and, you know, are they, you know, are they the smartwatch guy? Are they, are they just the person who's, who just wants something a little bit different? You know, my dad used the watch as a utility. You know, he doesn't, didn't really care so much about watches. Today's consumer, they, they like certain things. It's not about the utility. So it's a different yeah. kind of purchase, you know. The, the, the you know when someone buys one of our watches, they're not buying it because they're trying to tell time. Because in reality, if you want the perfect time, you could just whip out your cell phone. And I and I imagine that uh, now more than ever, when we speak of brands, yeah, there's a lot of people again that want to reach out for those brands and wear those because it's a, they're trying to make a statement or whatever it may be. But you're right. Look, I you know. Uh, for a good chunk of time, I wasn't wearing watches, you know, and I started wearing watches again when I, when I came across live. Do you have a smartwatch? Do I have a smartwatch? No, I did, but I, I I gave it away. You know, I, I love what Apple's doing. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's almost like a drug. I mean, it's, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't stop. The phone's ringing. If it's not WhatsApp and it's Instagram, people messaging you, it's Twitter. It's literally taking over people's lives. You know, it just, they, 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 they can, they can walk around naked. But the the phone's got to go with them, and then you put it on your yeah. wrist, and you're like Dick Tracy. And I think but it's I do, before you get the ankle bracelet and the collar or whatever else is going to come out. I mean, and it then just they put, like they put a them. chip. They put a chip in your brain. They put a chip in your brain. I mean, it's it, it just feels like it's nonstop. And I, I think keeping up with the Joneses is just literally just taking over. Like it's destroying our our world. It's, you know, it's not just it's not just keeping up with the Joneses. It's just it's it's literally like controlling like zombie. Like controlling yeah. our lives, like it's just. I feel I, like I even myself, I, I fight it all the time. I wake up in the morning and I'm on the phone and things are buzzing. And there's fifteen, absolutely, I have ten apps and there's fourteen different messages coming through. I'm not yeah. even talking about like regular emails. I'm talking about like yeah. 
everybody's trying to do something or vie, vie for your attention and you don't get to live. You see what I just did there? Yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. get to live because you're just busy. Yeah, there's something about having a simple watch that tells time. And, and don't get me wrong, I actually love the fact that there's a smartwatch out there only because it's reintroducing the idea of wearing something on your wrist to a lot of people who've lost it because they're like, oh, why do I need a watch? Because I have a cell phone. And then once they've mm -hmm. got the smartwatch, they're used to having something on their wrist and like, okay, I look like an idiot running around because I'm not going to wear this to a wedding. I'm going to go to a bar and it's going to be buzzing and blinking all over the place. I want to yeah. have something nice. I, you know, I want something unique. I want something different. And we find a lot of people moving away from the smartwatch and moving into a simple analog watch that tells time with like real hands where you can view time in, in 3D, not some digital bam, 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 yeah. enough digital. I find that we underestimate uh, the consumer, you know, who is constantly trying to get rid of like things that are not useful, you know, trying to reduce the clutter, who appreciates simplicity. And I feel like as we get older, you know what I mean? And we're constantly faced with an existential question. We're constantly faced with our mortality. There's an aspect of, of who we are that goes, you know, enough. I, let's get rid of the noise. Let's get down yeah. to the bare bones of it all. Let's see what, what really matters. And uh, time, I, time runs. That's it. We're, you know, we're talking about live watches. But, you know, it, the, the simplicity, yet the utter uniqueness of it is just part of the ease in wearing it, but also an appreciation. And you know better than I do, this thing is, it's got some weight to it, man. I mean, yeah, it's like- it's not, it's you, not, it's, 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 but it, it's it, not it doesn't, small. It's, but it's not small, but it doesn't take over. It's not no, taking over no, my- No, the DDC you know is a beautiful watch. It's one of my favorites. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So you were born where? Yeah, I was born in Iran, um, 82, uh, right at the height of the Iran-Iraq war. And a uh, very difficult time for my family. Um, my parents, fortunately, were able to get us out in 84. How did you uh, get out? That's a, that's a giant story. Actually, interestingly enough, I'm writing it right now. Um, oh, wow. because it's, Can yeah, I get the short version? Uh, yeah, the short version is, you know, my, my parents were able to, through certain connections, and not like my parents weren't rich or wealthy or anything like that. You know, we had certain family members who were, you know, on the periphery working in the government, um, who basically had been there since the rev, you know, uh, pre-revolution. Um, so they were. They the revolution were still, was seventy nine, eighty, right? Seventy nine. You got it. Yeah, and it, you know, and then obviously it bled into eighty. But really, eighty. What ended up happening is, you know, Saddam Hussein saw how vulnerable we were because of the revolution. Revolution. And so he just saw it as a great moment to attack. Right. Um, but, you know, there's some family and friends that we had in, in the government. And, uh, you know, we were able to get, um, you know, our passports and such. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, a week before we left, it was like seven or 10 days before we left, um, everything was stolen. So within a very short period of time, my parents were able to get passports again, get tickets and we got out. Wow. Um, it, it was you mean a very like, oh, everything like someone robbed you guys and then everything robbed was us. Gone. Everything. Wow. Completely robbed us. Yeah. Now, did your family have to leave everything behind? Like you couldn't tell any, you couldn't sell anything, right? You had to be careful Every, about selling stuff. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally a, a new beginning. You know, um, it was a very dramatic um, departure. Wow. And we, we moved to. How old were you? To, I was two at the time. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I was two. I have a I have a, a brother who's uh, one year older than me, so he was three at the time. It was just the four of us, and um, we arrived in London, and it was just like you know, if, if there was any cinematic kind of imagery that comes to mind of you know uh, a couple with two babies in their hand, and you're just kind of like in a completely foreign land just not knowing, you know, what the next day is or what that day is going to hold with the next day or what the future holds. Um, but, you know, through the kindness of others, you know, the hard work of, of my parents, my, my dad was, you know, very talented guy through construction and interior design was able to, you know, secure, uh, you know, a, a life for us there. That's amazing. He, yeah, yeah, truly was. Um, hats off to to him and my mom, you know, because I'm literally I'm writing their life story in that period of time. I mean, it's 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 a movie. Think of what they went through. Uh, you know, it's it's beyond um, what I can fathom. I, I I wouldn't know how. Can't to- imagine. How did they How did they actually get to London? Did they fly just was it like a direct flight or did they like via no. another via Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Germany? But but they got a flight to Frankfurt. And then they got, they got a flight to Frankfurt. Yeah, they got they got a flight wow. stop off in in Frankfurt. And uh, I remember my mom telling me it was that was a very strange moment because we you know stepped out into the Frankfurt airport and the four of us were just catatonic. You, wow. She said you guys were sleeping, but you, <laughs> my dad and I, your dad and I were were catatonic and just right. kind of sitting there on the floor in the Frankfurt airport. And your dad just kind of like got up, went and got us a couple of beers and a couple of sausages. And we were just eating. Freedom. But it was like we were devoid of any emotion. We can't believe we just went through what we went through. And here we were just completely glassy eyed, not knowing what was going to happen next. Did you and have family we were... in London or you just like, did you guys? So I mean... my, my grandfather was the only person who was there at the time. Um, but he had a very small place and he wasn't going to stay in London for much longer because he was going to head out and, you know, come to the States, um, which we didn't end up doing till about six, seven years later. My grandparents, along with my aunt, my uncle, they had settled in Dallas and, uh, my aunt had told my mom, look, this is a, a great place. You know, it's cheap. Um, it's expanding. Uh, it's developing. So why don't you guys bring the kids out here? They have a good s- school system and uh, you guys can be closer to us. So my mom really wanted that. And so my mom left with my brother and I in 90. And then my dad followed a year later because he ended up having to uh, the, the home and a lot of other stuff that they had, uh, a lot of loose ends that they need to tie up. So he needed to be there. Um, and it was a uh, Wow. It was an amazing story. I can't wait to see the book and hear more about what, like how that happened. Cause I'm always interested in knowing, you know, how people, you know, how people came to the new world, you know, basically that's what it is for you guys. Like Mm -hmm. you guys are coming out of like some third world, whatever craziness to, to some normality. I know, man, especially during that time, you know, it's like, um, even though like the Shah has had created such a modern Iran, it was like all of a sudden these guys, this regime came into power and just like, just took Iran back uh, 200 years, man. I mean, it was, and it's still there and it's still still there there. and it's still there and they've robbed the people. uh, I mean, and they They robbed, they robbed the, robbed the wonderful culture. I mean, the Iranian culture, beautiful culture culture is unbelievable. It's like, it's just amazing. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that, man. It, it's so sad to see it, you know, to this day, you know, you see good people just, I mean, Iran is, I think, number two uh, for the most executions of any country um, right behind China. 
that we know of that we know of. Yeah. Well said. But, uh, you know, they're, they're constantly executing people who question their authority, their lack of human rights, you know, the, the lack of freedoms that they have. And rightfully so. There's a there's a famous chess player right now from uh, Iran called Al Reza Faruja. And basically he he left Iran. They warned him and they said, basically, if you if you play Israel, if you play any Israeli chess players, um, we'll execute you. And so he basically gave up. He, he was out on a tournament or something and he never went back. I don't know what happened to his family, but you look him up like he's he's like 16 or 17 years old. And the kid is like crazy, like amazing, like the mind, like he's got a mind. He's going to be world champion one day. Wow. 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 You know, I, uh, interesting enough, I had interest, uh, for a film that was going to shoot in, in Israel. And the first thing they did is, is he okay going to Israel? And I was just like, what's, what's the issue? Of course I'm okay going to Israel. <laughs> and, well, and I was like, I had to take a, a step back and go, Oh, that's right. If I go to Israel, if I decide to go see my family again, because my whole dad's side of the family, they're all in Iran. and Oh, you're saying that if you have a passport that has an Israeli stamp on it. You know, obviously, I'd, I'd try to get a new passport, you know, American passport, if I ever wanted to. I've only been to Iran twice since we left there. How Once, is it, by the way? I feel like there's an air of sadness that kind of permeates throughout that, that whole... Right. What know, a rich country. culture, completely destroyed. Such a rich culture. I mean, look, when you get to the outskirts of it and you go into more of like the 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 down to earth, you know, I'm not, all of it's really down to earth, but I'm just saying when you, when you get out of the cities, out of the metropolis and you go a little bit more into the villages, you know, you, you, it's, it feels a little bit more grounded, but you can feel the angst. You can feel the frustration. You can sense it. I mean, it permeates in, in and throughout like a city like Tehran. Shiraz was a little bit more chill, you know, because it's, they know that there's only so much that they can enforce in a city like Shiraz because Shiraz is so ancient, such an ancient city. And there's so much of it. It's a really beautiful place. And, you know, architecture, you know. Oh, forget it. I mean, that's where everything started, for God's sakes. I mean, we all came from there, for God. I mean, it's just everything's from there. When you go there, are you worried? Look, I don't know what the, the next time would be like. I don't know the next time I plan on visiting or, you know, I'm definitely uh, concerned and worry if if I were to visit Iran again. I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe someone would say, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You're you're overthinking it. And then there are people who are like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. You know, oh, I see. I see. I see Shiraz. I'm actually looking at a map. But if you tell somebody that you can go skiing in Iran, they don't even know that. <laughs> I know, man. And yet it has it's some pretty crazy sides. It's, it's insane. Yeah, just it's such a beautiful country. I mean, just the little bit that I've right outside of Tehran on the way to Shiraz, you know, I, I haven't explored Iran the way I, I, I would like to someday, but such a beautiful I'm just, country. I, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. I'm just looking at Google Maps, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, my, my, my dad was originally from Belarus. And, okay. uh, and, uh, you know, during the war, uh, he ended up in Uzbekistan. So he grew up in Uzbekistan, uh, in a small city yeah. called Samarkand. And I was like listening to the stories. I always ask him like, cause I want like little nuggets. I'm, I'm quite interested in history. And so I've always yeah. asked him like, you know, how did you get out? What was the, what was it like? What was the train? I was like, Oh, come on. I was nine years old. I don't remember everything. I was like, just give me an idea. Cause I mean, I find it so interesting. You know, it was Samarkand is like literally like next to China almost. <laughs> right. It's right. like, it's like on the border of Tajikistan and, and somewhere. But, uh, I always find it interesting, you know, these people had nothing, you know, they were getting handouts until they made it all the way to the States. 
So it took him five years to go from from Uzbekistan to uh, to the United States. So wow, this is this is your family. Yeah, this is my parents. This so this is my father. Wow. Yes, my father grew up in in Uzbekistan, and ended up in 1951. He ended up coming to the states uh, via France, Austria, and France after the war. Um, he went with he was with oh, his parents. Oh wow. And then my mother, um, who's also from the similar area where my father was in Russia, her parents had moved to Israel uh, gotcha. in, in the early 30s, so they missed the whole war. So they were living in Israel, and she came here when she was nine years old, and then wow. they met here. But it's just interesting how all these things happen, how these people actually made it out. So I'm always interested in knowing, like, you know, where you came from, especially, you know, it's... Listen, don't get me wrong, you know, being born in the States and growing up in the States is also an interesting story, but there's something about having to run away from Iran after the Shah gets gets run out of his country and uh, you have people chasing you to the airport. <laughs> so. Literally. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'll definitely share that with you when the, when the time is right. I mean, we should feel very grateful who we are and then we get to look at nice watches every day. Yeah, man. Are, are you guys, where is everything constructed? Yeah, so everything is constructed in Switzerland. Um, not right. all components, all precision parts are made in Switzerland. All non-precision yeah. parts uh, we make in the Far East, i.e. China. Um, yeah. And then we bring them into uh, Switzerland to do the finishing. Obviously, all the movements are completely made in Switzerland. Uh, all our automatic watches are made completely in Switzerland. Some of our quartz models, um, some of the like some of the bulkier components are made in China, and then they're finished off in Switzerland. And then we have two factories that we work with. We work with uh, one factory in a small town called La Chaux-de-Fonds. Like if I told, if I if I pointed, to, it's like a teeny little little town. I mean, that's what's great about Switzerland is that you know you you could just drive through the forest and you end up in this little town, and population is like 200, and basically a yeah. hundred of those people actually work at the factory. You know, that kind of thing. Right, 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 right. Um, and the Swiss are kind of unique. They're Germans without the beer, basically. <laughs> Germans without the sauerkraut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to Switzerland, but I'm, I've always wanted to go, man. Um, yeah. And I hear it's beautiful. Oh, my God. It's, it's the most beautiful countries I've ever been to. Uh, Do you get to make uh, trips out there quite often? Yeah. I mean, recently we have not, um, only because yeah. they have heavy restrictions. And um, they're they're not allowed to let outside like they sort of operate right now in a bubble. Each one of those factories. So we have two factories. One factory makes our movements, and we have another factory that makes our smaller our precision components and does the our, our assembly as well. And I have yeah. great relationships with them. Uh, they work really really close with us, um, and that's what's great. You know, we have we have partners that really believe in what we're doing. So that's that's it's really really important to have that. You know, people think that you know you could just you know, come up with a design and ask someone to make it for you. But there's a lot that goes into it. You know, we use, you know, watch consists, I'm not talking about the automatic watches, but just the regular watch consists of probably 60 different parts. Anything from like screws, gaskets, crystals. And, and a lot of times we have relationships with these different suppliers that supply us all that stuff. And it's important to, to have you to know exactly where to go and where to get it. And I got lucky, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, life has a lot of luck to it. And, and when I got that early job working for that little brand, um, they gave me the opportunity to go to Switzerland and, and work on production. And I lived in Switzerland for six months. And a lot of those, those relationships that I had developed back in the late 90s, I'm utilizing today, 20 something years later, which is pretty crazy. 
Um, not all the same people, but a lot of the people, you know, their sons are now running these factories and now I'm working with them. Um, and I was a young kid when I started this. So it's, it's fascinating. I'll be honest with you. It's really, really fascinating. And I, and I love it every single day. And and I also love the marketing side of it. You know, I love the, the connections. So people that wear watches, you know, they're not just looking to just buy a product. They look at develop connections with people that build their products and have relationships with them. And mm-hmm. and a lot of our brand is really, besides building beautiful watches, is also developing strong connections with people that wear our products every day. You know, we call it wrist estate. So, I mean, everything that we do, we don't do a lot of like, you know, company emails. Most of our emails, I would say 90% of our emails come from like either me or SD or a team member like a person that they can actually call and pick up the phone and talk to yeah. uh, if they have a question about something. We're looking for that personal approach, especially now, like they don't have access to go to the brick and mortar stores and have that one-on-one connection. I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. Maybe maybe the new generation doesn't need that. But I, I still I still like talking to people. I still having I still love having that human connection with people. And I feel like where our products, I think they like that. They want to have that one-on-one connection with with the products that they buy. Listen, it all come back to that at the end. You know it, and I know it. Even even the new generations who think they don't need it, eventually they'll realize you can't get by without connecting with others. We we depend on others. We live in an interdependent world. You know, we are where we are because of the kindness of others. People bring us our food. People grow our food. People, you know, provide us everything we need so in order to be fully functional. We can't do it without each other. You know, to take out that 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 layer where we we have a direct communication with someone there's only so much that lasts before a person goes you know i i'm not realizing this but i'm i'm actually like this this is not healthy way to live i i need to communicate with someone directly i mean i do worry about the younger generation i'm hoping that i hope what you're saying is correct that that they'll come around but i feel like a lot of them are so they're so into their devices and they're busy. They're they just, you know, they're missing that. You know, listen, I, I don't think we should go back to the encyclopedia. I mean, those yeah. were like the true salespeople. I mean, those were the guys right. with like real communication skills. Like they really had good human skills. But I mean, but just, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it should go back contact. to that. You know, that's exactly right. Make eye contact. You tell somebody thank you these days. They like, what a weirdo. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But anyway, so I, I think that, you know, the watch is, is my way of grounding myself to like yeah. something, the, the simplest and the most beautiful things in life. And, yeah, um, I and I love that. So I, and I love that you, that you, uh, that you reached out to us. I mean, it's just crazy because a few interactions with people that, that have reached out to us or I've reached out to people like that I thought would be a good fit you know, with the brand and understanding and profiling them. And, and we're not looking for like the regular, you know, yeah. run of the mill style, you know, like endorsement or something like that. But we're looking for people that want to work with us and, and develop, you know, a, uh, a relationship more than just, you know, than just writing a check for, for an endorsement or just like, oh, send me a watch or like someone that really believes in what we're doing. No, completely, man. And, uh, you know, I, it's so wonderful to hear you say that, to, to know that like all of a sudden the way in which I'm telling you was, how do you remember when you, when you saw something, I remember how I saw your watch and I found interest and told Chris, this is it. I don't care about anything else. This is the one, whatever this is, we need to go after this company. And I just remember for days, weeks, I would just have your website on my laptop, just sitting <laughs> Deep appreciation for for what it is that that uh, that you and Esty have done, Chaz. I mean, you guys really put something beautiful together, and, and to thank you so to much. Further further get to know the philosophy behind it, 
um, and how this whole thing came about, it just makes it that much more exciting to, to wear it. Um, and then, you know, obviously for the show as well. And I find myself like, I kid you not, I'll find myself in ways trying to, what's the shot. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'll put my hand yeah. under my chin, see if I can get, get a little shot of you guys, you know, I, I've even had, as long as it doesn't goes, look overly awkward and where you're like, you know, no, I'll always find something natural, <laughs> but it's kind of it's awesome to have that. And you know, you know, it, it, what's great is, you know, our, our uniform, my uniform specifically, you know, as a surgeon, it has to be all black. So it, it just blends in so beautifully. And I just love that extra pop of like the orange that comes the off orange. of it. It's really nice. It really just, it blends in beautifully. Uh, and I've, I've had so many, um, you know, so many people have commented on it and, um, and, uh, expressed how much they've liked it. So I've even had a, somebody on, on social media, Hey, what, where, where's that watch from? Where, what uh, watch are you? I love that. Do you do a lot of social media? I mean, are you big into it or you're, you know, funny that you asked that I'm not. And rec- I just literally spoke to a, like a company that basically they take care of all the so- your social media needs. I feel like we're the same in the sense that, you know, it, we might've been the generation that just passed the, the whole social media, like people on their phone constantly needing to post. I try to, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not above it. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I, I would like, it's just to. not natural. I, it's, it's just not natural for me. And as much as I've tried, you know, I'll, I'll like post a picture of myself. like, are you narcissistic prick? And I'll take it off. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I can't, I have such a hard time doing it. So knowing that maybe there's somebody else is, so funny. who's going like, you know, look, this is part of your business. This is something that you should, you know, try to engage in then I can go, okay, I get it, you know, and I, and I'm so grateful for the many people who have been supporters and, you know, I, I'm, I'm privileged enough to call fans. I'm just, uh, I, I've got so much going on in my personal world. It's very hard for me. It really, as you know, it really sucks up a lot of your time and energy. It does. It does. And it, it's not just the time and the energy. It's the mindset also. I'm telling you, I, I can't, I, I'm, I, I'm, you should actually consider yourself lucky. I'm, uh, you cannot imagine <laughs> I'm telling you, I hang out with people and I, you know what, actually I do it myself sometimes. And I, it's kind of disgusting. Like you're hitting refresh on your phone. Like it's just, it, hey, it's man, totally, I, it's totally... Up, I, I totally hear you on that. I, I, I'm, I'm not separate from that. I, I'm, I'm guilty as charged, man. <laughs> totally get I, it. Honestly, honestly, you should, you can consider yourself lucky. Just have someone else do it. So you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, man. I'm, I'm yeah, that's I think exactly what I'm thinking. Um, totally, man. Yeah. You gotta come to Miami, man. I'd love to meet I, you. I would, we, I, we, Chaz. We, I would love that. But but how how is the shooting happening? Like how is how, how are you still in production? Like how is everything happening? Yeah, so? yeah. So so you know usually um, because we're a network series, um, uh, like let's just say pre-pandemic, you're looking at anywhere from twenty-two to twenty-four episodes, right? So before you would shoot an episode every eight working days. Okay. Um, now because of, you know, the pandemic and quarantining and everything, the way everything's happened, uh, obviously the landscape changed. So we didn't get back in till first day of shooting for us was September 22nd, but we had to come back at the beginning of September because we need to quarantine, um, and, you know, and, and make sure that everyone was, was kosher before co- going in on uh, September 22nd and there they had their fingers crossed. They've had their fingers crossed to make it a 16 episode season. So we are now knock on wood filming the 10th episode and we've gone from doing eight day, um, an episode 
to nine days. We started at 10 days because they, they really wanted to make sure they monitored everything that, you know, you were working 10 days, you're working because we do eight days, 12 hours a day. Then it went from wow. uh, 10 days, 10 hours a day. Now it's nine days, um, 11 hours a day. Well, are they working in a bubble? How's, how's, how's this going down? You can say it's a bubble in the sense that, so basically I, every day, everyone who arrives, the first thing they do is they have a very, they have a separate stage set up for that is the testing facility. I mean, we're, we're now almost five weeks in without any cases, which is incredible. That's, amazing. You know, that, that, that's we, actually fascinating to make it possible for us to, to work and for these episodes to get filmed. I mean, the attention to detail, I mean, you got to hand it to these guys. Why don't they just give everybody the vaccine and see it later? I mean, apparently only 38 million people got the vaccine. I don't know who to blame. So, for so that. far 38. That's, that's cool. Yeah. That's not a lot. That's not a lot that's, at all. Obviously NBC universal Comcast has a lot of money. And so they're willing to shell out that kind of money you know, to make sure that this show stays on the air and that we keep yeah, going. Well, they need content right now because everybody's home watching TV and they're completely. But then it makes you think of like how how unbelievably sad it is for so many people with it who are the frontline workers who weren't being tested. Right. These are people who are going to work, putting their lives on the line. You know, and there's a part of it that makes you just go like you pull your hair out because you go, man, I'm just I'm just trying to act like one of these people and look at the <laughs> safety in and around me. And these guys are putting themselves on the line day in it's and really day out. Crazy. And they're it's not getting really the proper crazy. PPE or they weren't getting the proper PPE. Things are slowly shifted, but uh, they, they weren't getting the proper PPE. And on the top of that, they weren't always being tested. So they could end up with it. And, you know, all of a sudden, boom. It's not only uh, are, do they go down, but they take a bunch of people down with them. I mean, and, and the problem is that there's no end in sight. Like, you know, I don't know if you remember the 15 days Completely. to stop the spread. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That those fifteen days were, were a year ago. I mean, I want to know what the heck's going on. <laughs> yep. It's, <laughs> it's, so it's sad pretty. It's it's right. really really sad. I mean, I mean, we, we're an online brand. We did okay in the sense that uh, you know people were buying online a lot more. We we saw a slight uptick, in fact, from a lot of people you know going out and buying stuff online. You know, because if you can't go out and you can't go to a restaurant and you have, you know, you have your certain things that you like doing, whether it's traveling or watches or whatever it is, and you're limited, and if you're blessed to still have an income, then you're going to just, you're going to want to buy something. You're going to want to do something. So, yeah, that's what people, people have been doing online. But, uh, yeah, yeah totally. hey, listen, I'm looking forward to this thing being over so we can get back to our regular lives or somewhat of regular lives. I mean, I'm sure there's some goods that's going to come out of it. At home um, meetings. <laughs> at home meetings. Well, yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, the human to human connection, I, I, I hear you. Yeah, totally. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of, of looking people in the eye and, and talking to them. And then we were going to build like a little area where people can come in and just hang out, drink beers and and just chill. You, know, you don't have to buy a watch. Just come chill out. I'll make you coffee. Love just that. Love that. Just, come, just just come hang out. Yeah, no, completely. And I, I really truly look forward to uh, to coming and visiting you guys. That's uh, I'm stoked about that. Sure. It's going to be yeah. a great reason to come down to Miami. Let's do something fun. Yeah, and Miami's not a bad not a bad place to be shooting. You are not kidding, man. I, I'm totally <laughs> down for it. I would absolutely love that. I truly would, man. And and we'll definitely with that bring the wife. Touch and I would love that, man. Absolutely, she would love it too. We will, we will make it happen. Absolutely, man. Um, I can't tell you how lovely this has been, Chaz. Um, Absolutely. Such a, 
pleasure to kick back and, you know, kind of move away from work and just connect with you and um, talk about how your incredible company, the things that you and Esty are doing and, and really to Thank get you. even a, 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 a better perspective. And a lot of, and, and I'm glad you mentioned Esty because honestly, we, I couldn't have done this without her and, oh, and the whole team. And I have a wonderful, yeah. wonderful team. And we actually had, today's her birthday actually. And, oh uh, my God, give her my best. Happy birthday. I will. I will. And we did a brunch today in the office and, um, you know, you know, for us, we're Jewish and we like to do like blessings for our birthdays. Like give everybody blessings because we feel like we have this, we have a good spirit on the day of our birth. So she was giving everybody blessings and it's just like, you know, each person that works here, it's like family, you know? And so it's like, we're the family. And then the people that buy our watches are our extended family. And the people that, that work with us are part of our family. So we consider everybody family and we love it. Like that's, that's, that's true joy in everything that we do every day. That is so much love, man. That is so much yep. love. And that is, you know, what all companies should be built on that philosophy, that idea, that, that, uh, that, that's everlasting. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and people feel it. People feel it. You can't, you cannot fake this stuff. Everybody, in other words, the person that does like most of our, what we call like our fan experience, like he yeah. loves being here. He loves talking to people. He truly does. And that's, that's the spirit. That's what you need. That's what you want. It's almost like we're dating the people that buy our watches. I love that jazz. I absolutely okay. love that. That's, uh, that, that, that's, I, I love you. I love the philosophy and, and that on, honestly makes it that much, uh, more, more exciting to, to, to wear your, your watch and to know what's behind it, what really stands behind it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, you, there's so much passion and, and this is what it's about, you know, when exactly. we talk about like relationships living, and passion, relationships and passion, the philosophy that you guys got, I mean, that's, it's all heart, man. It's all heart. And I, I, uh, I can't tell you how uh, thrilled I am to, to be a, a very small part of it, you know, um, on, on the outskirts of have. it and, and, and to watch it. And, uh, I look forward to seeing, um, you and Esty and the team continue to grow and, and really bring that level of truth to, to, to so many out there, man. And anything I can do on, on my end, don't hesitate to let me know. Thanks. And thanks for being part of the family. Really appreciate it. Great talking, man. That means a lot, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Chad, such a pleasure, man. Look forward to staying in touch and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. My Take it okay, easy. Very stay best. safe. Happy birthday to Esty. I'll tell her and stay warm, man. Don't get stuck in the I, snow. I, I won't, man. I'll try not to. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll have your watch. That, that that at least will stick. That's it. It'll keep you warm. <laughs> for sure. Okay, brother. Ciao. Talk Bye. soon. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you're into unique watches your buddies don't have, please visit us at livewatches.com. That's L-I-V-W-A-T-C-H-E-S.com for a full line of amazing Swiss watches. See you on the next episode.